0: This week's podcast brought to you by Silly Hoots and Booty Cues.
1: We were watching, uh, catching up on the Mighty Ducks series on Disney Plus last night with our with our ten year old, and they said uh, scouts will be at this hockey tournament. And our ten year old said, "What are scouts?" And I explained they they come and check out games to see if any of those uh, athletes are good enough to play at their school or for their team, and then they, they try to recruit them to play for their school or for their team. And she said, well, you know, there was something called Girl Scouts, and they go to teams and see if they uh, want to buy any cookies. <music> well, a lot has happened since last week met on the podcast. I can't think of any of it right now, but it's been two weeks, right?
0: It has been two weeks, yes.
1: You were in Seattle for five of those days. I was in Minneapolis for two of those days, my first flight post-pandemic.
0: How was your first flight post-pandemic?
1: The flights themselves were completely normal, as usual.
0: Packed? Uh, my, mine was packed every seat. Oh yeah, packed. Taken, completely yeah.
1: packed. Um, airports were... The, the parking garage was nearly full. The airports were not uncrowded. And uh, and if they were, they had shut down enough security lines that you were still waiting in line. But um, the return flight Sunday night, late Sunday night, from Minneapolis where our 16-year-old and I went. I hadn't seen my dad in 20 months. That was great. Um. We were going out of gate A14 at MSP, and if you know MSP, A14 is the farthest possible gate. It's the last gate. There is no more terminal after A14.
0: It's always the gate that the Hartford flight comes into and leaves out
1: of. It is where the terminal terminates.
0: Yes, you you have to plan, which isn't isn't a problem now. But when we would travel when the kids were much younger and we would have all the stuff, the strollers, the little people, that was a long, may I felt I, like a hike. I'm may sorry. I interject? Yes.
1: It is a problem now. Oh, is it's it a, It's a <laughs> It's a two-mile walk.
0: It's a long walk, but it's much less of a problem From, than it was when we had diaper right. bags and little tiny people in strollers. From
1: the south uh, checkpoint, which was the only one open, it's, it's a good two-mile walk. And when we arrived at A14... Panting, sweating, grateful to be still upright, they announced the gate change to C thirteen, which C13, we had passed many miles earlier on the way there.
0: Is that at the very end of the C terminal?
1: No, it's 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 a middle C, as we say in uh, in music, and uh, so we trudged back there. But but there was a woman with a, an empty double stroller and two toddlers way ahead on the moving sidewalk. And a kind of uh, frustrated dad ahead of them, you know, kind of leading the way to C thirteen. It wasn't. It wasn't. uh, It was a nice uh, welcome back to the joy of travel moment. But uh, but the trip was great. And 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 you were in Seattle uh, for two WNBA games. I think you texted me on a Sunday off day in between that you were going to brunch. At the time, I was. I was shoveling dog turds out of the yard, I think, and um, and I thought life is getting back to normal. <laughs> you are enjoying an, an ex Benedict, yes, overlooking the Puget Sound, and I am. Uh,
0: this is this has never happened before in the regular season in the WNBA. Plenty of times when we would go to do a series, we would be in a city for a few days and maybe have an off day. But the way the WNBA schedule is this year, sometimes a team will play their opponent back to back. Um, but with days in between, and we just happened to be covering both games. It was Vegas at Seattle, Saturday afternoon game, and then Vegas at Seattle again, a Tuesday night game. So it didn't make sense to come back in Did between. Vegas stay? Yes, Vegas stayed. I guess that would be the whole point, right? Yes. Yeah. It, it, it's in COVID to limit travel and just to make things a little bit easier on the players' bodies. But be, we we, we're, we flew out there to call these games. But we weren't allowed to go to practices. We weren't allowed to go to shoot-arounds. We still did our
1: uh, meetings with the coaches over Zoom. So, and you were sort of in an in a upper deck broadcast to call the
0: game. Yes, in like a plexiglass table. tank. Yeah, the dunk and, tank. Right. Yes. If if a
1: fan was able to throw a mini basketball at a little target, you would have splashed into a dunk tank. Yeah. The,
0: right? the um, the the whole thing was a little bit silly because. We Saturday, the game was Saturday afternoon, Saturday morning, we were doing a zoom um, call with Billy and beer, Ryan, Holly and I, all of us vaccinated, were sitting in Holly's rental car um, in the parking lot um, at the loading dock, talking to Billy and beer, who was probably a three minute walk away from us, as he was sitting in the arena,
1: he was in an adjacent car,
0: (laughs) right, pretty much, he was in the arena, but we were sitting right outside the arena. And so we do this. Uh, we, that's how we did the call. Um, and then even though in the other game that as, was... As
1: Teddy Roosevelt famously said, it's the man in the arena who counts, not the man or woman outside the arena, just outside the arena, in a rental car, doing on a Zoom. Zoom. Call. Yes.
0: So even though the other game that was on ABC that day was in Washington and LaChina and Tiffany Green got to be courtside for the most part, Ryan and I were way up on like the second level in the vaccinated section. Stettler
1: and Waldorf, you looked like
0: Yes. And there were some fans, I mean not within twenty-five feet of us, but if they if it, it the fans, if they were in our our area, were vaccinated. Ryan and I are vaccinated. But my favorite part of the whole thing is we're in this plexiglass, three-sided, like trifold plexiglass dunk tank.
1: Judgment at Nuremberg.
0: And then in between us, there's a piece of plexiglass. Except that the plexiglass was on the table. And Ryan and I clearly weren't sitting on the table. So there was no plexiglass between our actual faces.
1: Utterly nonsensical.
0: The, it, it was all for theater. And um, and and be, where the, the monitors were and um, the other stuff that was on it, Like we had to stand to call the games. Um, so I'd never done that before. It's typical in football. So Ryan has called many football games standing. So we stand to call the games. This plexiglass is abs- doing absolutely nothing to protect us. Um, but and, and there was limited fans in the arena, but it was um, fun to be back in an arena where the fans were loud, um, and they were loud even though there was such a small number of them. And even like after it was one time, Suberd hit a ba- big basket, and the PA announcer, you know, Sue Bird, like just brings a very different energy than you get. Um, when you're calling it off of a monitor but hopefully next time I am physically in an arena um, th- we'll be at a place where whatever protocols are in place are actually doing something because <laughs> the plexiglass thing was did, did, did nothing.
1: Well, uh, just to get back to me Let's get back to you. Um, our 16 year old and I left at 5.30 in the morning on Saturday after a, a less than restful night's sleep. And then um, Saturday night, I slept at my dad's condo, but he, he, all the windows in his building are being replaced, and so all of the trim has been taken down from the inside of the windows along with the window treatments. So I slept in a, uh, in a display case, basically. Um, you no, were in
0: my plexiglass.
1: I was in your plexiglass. There was, there, there was, there was, a, there was a window looking onto a busy street um, on the first floor of his condo, so I was on display. And and he he keeps it rather warm. Let's put it that way. He's he didn't used to. He used to keep no, it no, cold. No, no, right. He keeps but it he warm now, now? He, it's warm. Um, he walks into the air conditioned hallway, common hallway of the building. Says, "Oh, it's freezing in here. Is it freezing in here?" No. But when we went out on Saturday evening, he said, "Oh, I should have gotten you. I should have offered you a sweater." He was wearing a, a jacket, and I said, "That's you know, it's seventy five. I'm I'm good." But uh, but as a result, I lay on top of the bed rather than under the covers. Uh, in this glass display case. So again, I mean, I, I was very tired. I slept great, but but I was really looking forward to getting home and getting back into my own bed on Sunday night after this whirlwind weekend flight. That just left. To make it
0: clear I was gone the previous weekend, and then you right. were gone the subsequent yeah,
1: weekend. Yeah, so so yes. got home, landed it sometime after midnight. Uh, Got got in the car, drove home, was home at 12.30. Our daughter went straight to bed. We have to get up at 6.30 Monday morning, get off to school. And uh, I dropped my bag. I went straight up to our room, and there you were sleeping peacefully. There was our 10-year-old sleeping peacefully. Our 10-year-old is the size of a 16-year-old. And uh, and on your side of the bed, guarding your side of the bed, was one of our dogs. And on my side of the bed uh, was our other dog. And I assessed the angles. I didn't see any way that I could possibly fit in the bed. And in sort of sitcom style, the dogs perked up and kind of, you know, challenged me to to even don't you dare get in this bed. So I picture this sad sack. Walked back down the stairs, still in the clothes that I had put on that morning and flown in, lay down on the couch, and uh, said, oh, I'll go to sleep here for the next five hours." And then one of our dogs came down, followed me downstairs, and uh, began spent the next forty five minutes crunching a bone so loudly that I, I there's no way I was sleeping, so I brought her upstairs to our room, shut her in with the door shut this time and then finally about one forty-five, I, I drifted off to Dreamland for four and a half hours.
0: So you're saying that wasn't as pleasant as my brunch in Seattle?
1: Well I'm saying when you said when you said bear in mind that you were gone the previous weekend when you returned from that trip on a red eye right? Mm-hmm. Through Boston Mm-hmm. Got in a car service came Came home after uh, I mean a a long day's journey into night a long night's journey into day actually for you. Well, I, I guess this analogy is is breaking down right now because you didn't return at night. But had you, mm-hmm. I would have, I would have, <laughs> I would have made sure there was a bed for you.
0: I slept on a plane.
1: Right, that's why I say the analogy is broken down.
0: You realize midway through the story that um, yeah, sleeping I, on a plane th- is worse than <laughs> sleeping on a couch in your own house. <laughs> this this right.
1: reflected badly on me. Well, that's why that's why I brought it up. I wanted to. I wanted right. to. Abase myself.
0: Right. Well, it's funny that you said, you know, our our 10 year old who's the size of a 16 year old. Yesterday, I was at the dentist with the younger two. And, um, and the hygienist came out and um, she called our daughter's name and our daughter got up and as they were walking in and the hygienist is at least in her mid to late 20s as you know, grown woman as they're walking in and looking and I think our daughter had her by like a half an inch. So she's not the size of a 16-year-old. She's the size of a grown woman because she's, right. what, about five one, which is what is the height of many, many grown women. Right. You and I in the last two weeks have both experienced um, impatience. And I'm not talking about the plant. And I'm not talking about our impatience. I'm talking about the impatience of others.
1: And our patience as well.
0: Yes. When I was flying to Seattle going through Detroit, Um, It was on a small plane, so no or very few bags would fit in the overhead bin. Um, I don't travel with much, but even my rolly bag wouldn't fit. So get off the plane and, you know, a, a line starts forming. The flight attendant says, you know, stand on that side of the jetway and wait for them to bring your bags up. So I'm standing there waiting. Guy behind me. A woman gets off the plane and she comes over and looks at me and says, do you have a connection? And I said, why, yes, I do. And I looked at the guy behind me in line, waiting for his bag. Do you have a connection? And he said, no. And as if that was the only words that needed to be spoken, she then just stepped in front of him in line. Now, keep in mind, the line doesn't really do no, much. You does have nothing. to wait for your bag to right. be brought up but, to go get that bag to then be able to leave.
1: You but, understand what her question really was. Her question really is, are you me?
0: Right. Well, I mean, but the balls on the woman because when she didn't even say anything further, it was just, "Do you have a connection?" No, and then just like,
1: "Would you mind if I went on. ahead of you?"
0: Yeah, and and what? I, again, I wanted to say to her, it doesn't matter where you are in line. If your bag is one of the first brought up, you go get it and you leave. If it's not, you stand in line. Like, what are you doing? And who do you who do you think you are? So anyway, that was my experience with impatience. Let's. Hear well, I hear had a much more.
1: A courteous, impatient person. Impatient is the wrong thing. Utterly self-absorbed, I think, is the better phrase for this. And um, I was in a very short line at Cumberland Farms, our gas station slash convenience store. And um, I was next in line. I had one item to pay for, and I was picking up our... Our uh, two middle kids to to get them vaccinated, taking them out of school, and uh, a lady said, "Excuse me, sir." I turned around and first of all resented the sir because she was no younger than I, and I thought, but I thought I had dropped my wallet or something. She said, "Excuse me, sir, can I go ahead of you? I'm in a hurry." And She wasn't pregnant. She didn't appear to be in any medical distress, but I said, I'm also in a hurry. But sure, why not? So she paid for her items, and then five seconds later, I paid for my items, and we walked out more or less together and drove off at more or less the same time. And what she should have said was, excuse me can I go ahead of you? I'm me and I value my time more than I value yours. And I would have said, sure. I, I appreciate your honesty.
0: <laughs> it's yeah, it's unbelievable. when it was, when it happens a couple of weeks ago, I was at one of our, our daughter's AAU games at this gym. And, and because, um, there's a limited number of people who can come in, um, still because of COVID protocol. And, uh, and they have to take your temperature. You wait in a line. And it takes you a while to get into the gym to the basketball game. And uh, so the line was outside and we were waiting. And, um, I, you know, I'd say it was probably about 25 people deep. This guy come cuts up, this big dude, cuts up to the front of the line and says to the kids taking temperatures, he said, um, I already paid. I've already got my wristband. Do I still have to wait in this line? The kid said, yeah, because I... St- Still have to take your temperature again, and we still have to like check you in again. We won't take money from you, but this guy was not happy. Like the year plus of being in at the home and not waiting in line for stuff has made people forget right. well, what it's also, like to wait in lines.
1: The you know, the my time is important and yours isn't is, is rampant. i driving home from school this morning, there was a uh, uh, truck parked on, on the street, on a two-lane street. And as I but coming in parked in the opposite direction that I was traveling. So as I was about to pass it, a car coming in from behind where the truck was veered off into onto the double yellow line. So I just stopped and waited for that car to pass the truck and go around me, even though it was my right of way, obviously. Because in the mind, and I made eye contact with the person as they passed, and in their mind, clearly, my time is more important than yours. So I'm going to go, even though it's your right of way. At, at MSP, and this is this is becoming like the old man shakes fist at cloud podcast, but uh, at MSP, there were two open seats in, at, at, at the C-13 gate that we ended up at. Separated by some bags piled on another seat. So I felt like I wasn't sitting too close to anybody We sat down and then I realized why the seats were open. There was a 25 year old guy Watching uh, like a concert on his phone not with headphones and the the, the volume was at full blast So I said to our driver I said we can't sit here this I mean not listen to this So we walked towards the other end of the gate where we could still where we could still hear it and everybody This guy was sitting in the middle of everybody waiting. Everybody listened to his terrible uh, concert.
0: So he was a discourteous traveler. I was almost a discourteous. I don't know if that's the right word or not. Discourteous traveler on my flight, on my red-eye home. I was going from um, Seattle to Boston instead of connecting through Detroit to get to Hartford. Not important, but it was a red-eye. So I get on, and the woman gets on, and she's sitting next to me. She's reading, and I, I've got my hood up, and I'm ready to nestle in and, and try to get some sleep, and she's reading, and um, the captain turns the cabin lights off, and I look up, and I see that my reading light is on, and it doesn't really register right away, so I just, I put my hand up, and I turn my reading light off, and I realize right when I did it that the woman was reading and using my reading light, Um and so after I turned it off, then she just like reached up and turned hers on. <laughs> and so
1: did you reach up and turn hers? Off? No,
0: but I looked at her and that's exactly what I said to her. I said, I said, if I was a real, jo- I'm sorry. I said, I think I said, what would you do if I now reached up and turned your reading light off? <laughs> and she just looked at me. and We both laughed because, um, because of course I didn't realize she was using my light when I turned it off or I wouldn't have turned it off. Like who cares whose light is whose, but, um, but anyway, I had to say something, or it would have been like, "What is wrong with her?" <laughs> but can you imagine if I had, if I just after she turned hers on, if I then turned it off, and well, it became like a little war of on and
1: off? I'm sure it's happened, especially like on transatlantic overnight flights, where you know people they turn off the cabin lights, but people, some people leave their reading lights on. Yeah, and there was somebody who was wanted to sleep has reached up and turned off that person's reading light. I mean i'm I'm somebody who likes to read on the plane, but uh, you know, with your with your cell phone light generally. So one not an thing issue. like
0: the one thing that is worse than um, trying to sleep and having the light on right next to you is being the person who can't sleep, and there's nothing to do. Like reading is one of the very few things that you can do on a, on a red eye if you can't sleep.
1: Um, you can watch a show or something I know
0: but that that lights almost worse so um yeah I, 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 it doesn't bother me the light doesn't bother me unless it's mine shining on me Well
1: isn't it great that we've got we're able to do this Talking again
0: I travel I know people are like oh, we didn't miss this
1: <laughs> <laughs> I miss being I missed being with my family in Minnesota but the the getting from a to b is uh
0: yeah, it was, it's funny because when I was in Seattle, like, it's a long way to get out there. And especially for me because there's, uh, or, you know, anyone coming from Connecticut, there's not a direct flight to do it. And so it's, it's a lot. But um, I have to say it was really nice because both Ryan and Holly are vaccinated. Um, so we were able to go to brunch or we were able to go and get meals together. And it's the first time um, really that I've done that. Um, with friends like that, and it was like uh, you f- sort of forget what life was like before. In um, and, and feeling completely safe, having a meal with friends that was a treat, and it just used to feel like something you did.
1: And a year ago, when we were doing uh, jigsaw puzzles and color by num- paint by numbers and all that stuff, and sit- and vowing that oh this. Decompression, this time together is, you know, a silver lining. We can never go back to right. the complete rat race that we just left. We have.
0: Yeah. I was just talking to a, a girlfriend uh, about that. I think it was yesterday. And she's the mother of five. And she was saying, you know, so much for all the people during COVID who said, you know, this is really. Um, kinda taught us a lesson we're gonna slow down and we're not gonna live this crazy life anymore and this is as we're both trying to get multiple kids to different events and um and practices and games and all that sort of thing and yeah it everybody is right back to where we were or pretty close to it in terms of the rat race. Why? If
1: everybody agreed that, that I don't it was know. crazy and they didn't enjoy it. I don't know one thing I enjoyed while I, when I was in Minnesota shooting the breeze with uh my siblings and some of their kids and my dad and friends one of uh we were telling stories about um different ways words are pronounced in the midwest and on the east coast, bagels and bagels i mean id uh, bagels still boggles my mind but um and then
0: bagels it, still boggles yes. Yeah, does anybody thank you for picking
1: animals? that up p- picking up this was a discussion that we had on Saturday and it led yeah some people do not here but in, in Minnesota okay. some people do um, and uh, it, it led to a conversation about mispronouncing words and especially when you're little and you see a word and you're especially if you're reading and you encounter words that you haven't heard before and you don't know how they're pronounced but you have a pronunciation for them in your head and and uh, the example of one of my relatives was, you know, a, a shadow cutout, uh, a silhouette. And they thought it was a silly hoot reading it and, and seeing the word boutique on a, on a shop sign, they thought it was booty cue. So silly hoots and booty cues. And, uh, were there any words like that? that you didn't know how to pronounce?
0: I think I've told this story before, but I had a poster up in my room, and it was a cartoon. It was Ranger Rick, I think. And it was coming down um, on a bobsled. And I remember there, so it was spelled out J-U-D-G-E. And I remember I couldn't figure out how to I've pronounce that. I've never heard this that. before. Oh, okay. I couldn't figure out how to pronounce that. And I remember,
1: J-U-D-G-E.
0: Yeah. And I was looking, you know, as as the bobsledder's coming down the judge was standing there i'm guessing right. making sure that bobsledder is not breaking any rules um And I remember just spending time staring at that poster, staring at the poster and couldn't figure out and like trying to sound out that word and couldn't figure out, couldn't figure out. It was a Saturday morning, Um, there was a Saturday morning and my dad came in because on Saturdays he would would take the trash to the dump and so he would always come in each kid's room and you know empty our trash can which had probably like three rolled up Kleenex in it. Um, And just feeling sort of defeated and saying to him, Dad, what's that word? and um and him saying judge and uh and of course Did like
1: it click in when you when he and said and then
0: it? when he said it i was like i don't know if it clicked or it was just like oh okay um i still don't quite understand i don't remember right. what age i was and i think the poster came like from a um book order at school and uh anyway from that moment on of course i i knew what that word was but um that would have been one of them
1: I remember there seeing signs stop ahead when I'm riding around in the car. And I, ahead, uh, I didn't know how that was pronounced or what the word was. I, I, I think I saw the AH as one and syllable, ah, uh. ah, uh, uh, ed. And then, and I knew H often following a P was a a F sound. But for some reason, I thought maybe this was a silent or a uh, the H made a F sound there. So I, for, what well, seemed like a long time when I was a kid, I would see these signs that said, Stop AFED. And I had no idea what it meant. And then I assumed just one day, oh, that's ahead. head. I, I, I don't remember that day, but there were those little revelations when you figured out or somebody told you what they were.
0: We should, um, if, if people have any of their own words like that, they should send them in to the uh, email, ballandchainpod at gmail.com.
1: That's right. Should we get to uh, some of those uh, gmail.coms? Yes. What do we call them? Viewer mails, I guess. Yes. Not gmails.com. It wouldn't be gmail.com, so it would be gmails.com. I've confused people now. Mm-hmm. I've confused myself. Shall we?
2: Yes. They throw our lure. real with your viewer mail.
1: Dear Steve, I, like Julie from last week's podcast, i am a retrograde completionist as I listen to all of the old podcasts over the past year. I also wanted to, s- wanted to send emails but thought they'd be out of date and untimely. Now that I'm caught up, I feel it's appropriate to make contact regarding uh, some pertinent topics. Are you ready, Rebecca? This Hi. is from Ellen.
0: This is from Ellen. I'm ready, Ellen.
1: One. Oh, and she's enumerated them, which I always like.
0: List form. You know, I like Not
1: that. a bullet point, uh, but... Uh, numerical order. Mm-hmm. One, attached, you will find a photo of a Who's What's It candy bar that I found at a drugstore in Florida. I used to live in Connecticut, but as of August, I'm a snowbird between Florida and New Hampshire. I ate it immediately after purchase and was not impressed. I mean, it's chocolate, so I'd eat it, but it's nothing I would buy again. I believe Rebecca's favorite candy bar is the sister to the Who's the What's It, the Whatchamacallit. From what I gathered during my extensive research comparing the two, the Who's What's It is the basically the same as the Whatchamacallit, except it doesn't have uh, caramel. That was a word that came up when we were in Minnesota. Uh, one of one of my uh, one of our nieces said she cannot stand the word caramel when people pronounce it caramel
0: that's how I pronounce it
1: well that's when our daughter retorted to her cousin well that's how it's pronounced caramel no it's caramel and, and of course growing up in Minnesota it was caramel but look at this Rebecca it's a whoosie wotsit. it looks the same mm-hmm. packaging. And she was not impressed she was not impressed the whoosie what's it versus the what call it and caramel versus caramel Two, regarding businesses with and daughters in their name, there's an oil delivery company in Westbrook, Connecticut that was named Wilcox and Daughters. I used to see the trucks driving around all the time when I lived in CT. My extensive research, she always uses extensive in quotation marks here, Rebecca, on their company tells me that unfortunately they've changed their name to Wilcox Energy. So the daughters have been replaced Mm. by energy. Three, my sister, Kathy, your resident psychiatric nurse, got me interested in listening to your podcast. We've been longtime UConn women's basketball and Connecticut Sun fans. Our dad would watch the UConn games when they aired on CPTV, and he got my sister, Kathy, interested. Then she got me interested. We often think of our dad, deceased, while attending games. Kathy purchased four tickets to the women's Final Four in Cleveland as a Christmas present for our dad in 2007. You and I were both there, Rebecca. We were. With our then three-year-old and our then one-year-old. Mm-hmm.
0: Not yet one. Not
1: yet one. His response, why would I go to the games when I can sit home in my comfortable chair, get my own snacks with no line, not sit in traffic, getting out of the parking garage, and get a play-by-play? Lead this to say, my dad did not attend, but I, I, I'm with <laughs> you, Dad. But I got an invite and went with my sister and two of her friends. That started an annual tradition for us, and we've been attending every year since, except for two years when we both went back to college in the two COVID years, and we're now up to a group of 16 women and one brave man who look forward to attending every year.
0: 16 women and one man. That's terrific. You've you've got to
1: to salute them in person. Without question. At the next Final Four. Without question. That's a vow. That's a vow. Okay. Um, Four, I would love to be your resident sonographer if you don't already have one. I don't believe we do have one, do we?
0: A stenographer?
1: Sonographer. S-O-N-O. Sonographer. Oh,
0: because we do have a stenographer.
1: We We have a resident stenographer.
0: We do. She's actually sent us.
1: Yes, we do have a resident Stuff. stenographer. You're right, St- stenographer. Stenographer. And now we have a resident sonographer. Okay. Okay. So if we ever need sound waves, right? <laughs> yes. We can. We can do that virtually. Okay. Five and finally, if Steve can find time in his busy schedule of writing, carting the children about, sniffing and sneezing, changing the filters in your home, and preparing culinary delights, I'd love some swag. Uh, we will send that swag off to you, Ellen, and I didn't send out the swag yet. Of course you haven't. I will do that this week. Okay. I mean, of course I haven't. Well, I always every disappoint. Every week
0: you say you're going, yeah, you've been disappointing every week for the past couple of months. Because you say, oh, I'm going to send them out. For the past, just eight, like, for the I, past 18 years. Just like I you disappoint. No, just like what I disappoint when I say, oh, I'm going to post stuff on Instagram, although I did post something a couple of weeks ago. But I disappoint there. Um, I'm trying to be better. You disappoint sending stuff out.
1: Well, I'm, I'm marking this as new, this email, so I can go back to the address and uh, send it off. So I'll show you. I'll show all of you. This comes from Scott. Scott writes, Steve, just wanted to make sure you are fully aware of all the current White Castle events and potential swag. See the link below. White Castle is hitting its 100-year milestone. This may require a 100-burger eating event in commemoration. And, uh, and there is indeed uh, a link to whitecastle.com. It's their 100th birthday since 1921.
0: That's amazing.
1: It really is. $100,000 birthday sweepstakes. $100,000 $100, that could buy you 100 million uh, white castles. So I'll, I'll get on that. I'll uh, We'll have to commemorate that in some way. Right, Rebecca? Yes. Okay. Ralph writes, Hi, Restiva. Costco has two non-prescription allergy meds that I've found effective in managing allergies, Nasacort spray in Kirkland. All our tech pills taken each morning do the trick. They're not costly, so they may be, they are not costly, so maybe worth a try. You can buy them next time you get chocolate-covered strawberries. Somehow I think this topic will be well represented in next week's Delayed podcast. I'm happy for Tamika Raymond-Jeter, but concerned for the Allegheny Alligators because they compete with the Wittenberg Tigers in the North Coast Athletic Conference. What does Rebecca think about University of Hartford opting for D3? Well, first, Off Tamika
0: Raymond Jeter played at UConn. She was part of the one of the greatest recruiting classes ever. She was with Sue Bird and Swin Cash uh, and Asia Jones. And Tamika just became the head coach at Wittenberg. And what's interesting is that the AD at Wittenberg is Brian Agler, who was a coach in the WNBA and the ABL um, and other places for a lot of years. So um, congratulations to Tamika. I think she's going to do a terrific job. Um, yeah, how about the University of Hartford? It's really, you know, you and I were, had season tickets um, there for a number of seasons when Jennifer Rosati was the head coach, um, and had, she had tremendous success there. Uh, their men's team went to the NCAA tournament this, this year. year as the um, the winner of the America East Conference. And um, financially, the university has said, um, or because <laughs> – because of the economics of it, they can no longer afford to be Division One, so they're going to Division Three. It makes me sad just because we we really enjoyed going to the, to the women's games there, and it, um, it
1: seems to have bothered a few of the uh, uh, students and alumni since the president was booed out of the building or out of the uh, ceremony at at commencement.
0: Yeah. You, you tend to not want to be booed out of the building. Like, and,
1: and at what point... I guess, Perhaps he was. It, it may have been outdoors and he was booed into the building. I'm not sure.
0: At what point, say you're the president of a university and you're at a ceremony like this, which is for the students, Like, how far into the booing do you say, all right, I'm going to lose this game of chicken, I need to leave because this ceremony is for the students? Like, I wonder how long... He waited and to see if it would dissipate, see if it would die down. Like, can I still stay here and have it be a good experience for the students? Like, was it just, was it two minutes in? Was it three minutes in? He was like, all right, I just got to get out of here. <laughs> There's he like sh- a boo threshold, he isn't He should, there? He should have, uh,
1: I mean, I would have. Or played, if you're
0: a performer, is there a boo
1: threshold? played the pro wrestling heel and, and, you know, and waved my arms to invite, you know, to bring it on. Did you ever do that? There are some players. Uh, are there any players in the, in the WNBA? There have been some players in various sports over the years who have invited the boos, and you know, maybe maybe put put your in, in pro wrestling, you would do the Hulk Hogan, you would put your hand to your ear to oh, you know to.
0: You've got Diana Taurasi going back to her college days. I, I don't when, mean
1: provoking people by by you know playing and then and then popping the jersey, I guess, but but. I know what you mean. Yeah. Okay. Are you done? I'm sorry. I'm done. Okay. Um, let, let me mansplain to you. The WNBA. Seriously
0: the interrupting has been on next level today. But um but Diana Taurasi playing when she was at UConn, I don't remember what year she was, and um they're playing in Cameron and it was full with with students like they get for men's games. Um, you're really restraining yourself to not interrupt me.
1: <laughs> no, I'm I'm <laughs> and, I'm chastened.
0: And they were I don't know if they were booing or cheering at her or whatever it was, and um she was blowing kisses. So she was inviting everything that they were sending her way. Your turn.
1: Can I talk now? You can. Can I finish? <laughs> you Ross, can? Dana Carvey is Ross Perot. I'm sorry. Uh, ooh, Dear Steve and Rebecca, greetings from Higashi Kitazawa. Hi, Michael. As always, I hope this finds you well. I know self-effacingly you might humbly describe this po- podcast of yours as a podcast about nothing. However, in truth, writes Michael, it is a conversation about a life shared together. <laughs> Except on Sunday night when I arrived home from the airport, in which case it was a com- it was a life I didn't even know separate. that the
0: dogs had fallen asleep. I, I certainly didn't know that the one dog was on your they side.
1: Were, they were like two stone lions on the side of a, of a driveway <laughs> or, or, or guarding the sarcophagus this in, a, what, in, a, in, a, in a Egyptian pyramid. This
0: is what happened is our daughter... Um, she got to, it was Sunday, so we did Sunday Rich, where she gets to we watch TV together, and then um, like once she starts dozing. Sunday I, Rich meaning Sunday ritual, ritual yeah. So I, it's sun, so when she starts dozing, I usually like you know get her up and walk her to her room. Never her have. In bed. I, no, I've been doing that a lot lately. No. Um, anyway. I usually
1: carry her into her room, but go ahead.
0: Well, that okay. Either way, she ends up in her room. That was my plan, but then I fell asleep. <laughs> So there wasn't anything intentional there. She was asleep, and before I got her to her room, I fell asleep. <laughs> it happens.
1: Michael, I apologize for Rebecca interrupting you, but I'm going to continue your love with your mail. I did not. You interrupted mail.
0: You. And then I t- waited my turn and spoke.
1: In truth, writes Michael, it is a conversation about a life shared together, a life full of miracles, miscues, humor, runny noses, and melting meats. <laughs> That is precisely why so many of us find the Ball and Chain podcast so comforting and entertaining. Reflecting on this, I have attached a, quote, proper poem. Enjoy. Please stay happy and healthy. I remain Michael. And there is indeed an attachment. And I'm reading this cold for the first time, so forgive my uh, messed up meter. Ready, Rebecca?
0: I'm ready to forgive your messed up meter.
1: It is a conversation between rain and roof, stream and stones. Snow and silence, wind and wing, the unfurling yellow flower, and the slightest crack in the black pavement. It is a conversation between mystery and wonder, and it must always be so.
0: How lovely is that?
1: It's even lovelier to to look at without having to hear me read it. Well, maybe but I'll post it. Maybe you should when post you send it. out the swag. That's that's the carrot on the stick. Mm. Okay. Well, you should. It's a uh, it's a wonderful poem, beautiful poem. Thank you for that, Michael. Although I, I hope you will continue to send us the the more Nipsey Russell influenced uh, uh, rhyme schemes as well. Love them both. The uh, the highbrow and the lowbrow. Uh, Ralph was right. There are more uh, uh, prescription uh, allergy uh, tips. Ready, Rebecca. Yes. This comes How from have your Dan.
0: Been? How are they? Were they any better in Minnesota? They're fine in Minnesota. Really? How have yeah. they been since you returned?
1: Oh, they, 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 they're not good, but they're better than they were a week ago. A week ago it was misery. Whenever we did the podcast last, it was it was misery. That was
0: two weeks ago. I wonder if there's any science behind like where you grew up, the allergies not being as bad because you were exposed to them the whole time you were a kid. Like no. I wonder, I don't like well, I don't have allergies here. I wonder if I went to a different part of the country, no. if I might have allergies there. They're
1: horrifying here. I, I first started getting them in New York, as I say, in my twenties. Hi, Steve writes, Dan. Sorry, you're suffering so much from allergies. As an allergist.
0: Resident? Can he be our resident allergist?
1: He actually signs Dan potential resident allergist question mark He's got the job.
0: Yeah, for sure. We don't have another allergist.
1: Well, let's see first if he prescribes me, you know, like uh, leaching or something. We'll have to. Or
0: he just says suck it up. Although that might um, make me definitely approve him as. Are allergists, but please continue.
1: Because you think I'm a mess I'm no, for having allergies? I don't. I don't. Mean, that's I, really don't. A... I don't. No, I, I see Talk the physical toll medieval. that your
0: allergies take
1: on you. I than going to say, I see the physical toll that your allergies take on me.
0: <laughs> that too.
1: Sorry you're suffering so much from allergies. As an allergist, hopefully I can provide some helpful OTC tips, but you may need allergy shots for full relief or at least some prescription nasal sprays. I, I've always thought, why don't I just get the shots? You know?
2: I don't
1: know. I and you don't have know to like why. drive an hour and do it every Thursday or something? I don't
0: think you can Thursday administer or them at your home. That's probably why.
1: Hmm. Anyway, Dan writes, I'd recommend starting Flonase two sprays per nostril daily. So two sprays, sprays per nostril, that would be four, four total?
0: Four total. Well, uh, as long as you have two nostrils, yes. I
1: was going to say, what about my superfluous third <laughs> nostril? <laughs>
0: That'd be a weird third thing to have. I bet it's happened. That at would some be. Point that would someone. be a weird
1: third thing to have. <laughs> it would be, you know, of all the <laughs> of all the 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 superfluous third things you can have, that would be the weirdest.
0: Well, it would be because like I th- I think it's relatively common, like it, even for boys more than girls to have like a third nipple. Yeah. So third
1: eyeball, you see occasionally. No, you don't. No, Only in that would sci-fi also be an, a strange thing, that yeah, would
0: be. or a third ear. Yeah. But I think even weirder. Like, say you had the exact same nose you do now, but instead of two nostrils, there was three. That would be a weird thing to have. <laughs> it
1: would be a third buttock.
0: <laughs> Let's stay above the torso.
1: <laughs> <Okay>. All right. <laughs> I, I love it. When, okay, never mind. When, when it's gone too far in your mind, it, yeah. it, it, it's a it's a wandering boundary there. I'd recommend starting. Float- where were we? Oh, so two sprays per nostril daily. That's that would be uh, that would be six sprays, <laughs> given my superfluous third nostril. Yes. <laughs> right.
0: Uh, that's right.
1: Uh, spray nozzle laterally toward the ears, all three of them. Spray. Nozzle laterally towards the ears. I understand what he's saying. I do. Up not your nostril. Too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And NealMed, Neilmed, N E I L M E D, saline rinses once daily. These are all over the counter. For eyes, Pataday used to be prescription, but now it's the strongest OTC eye drop. I have Pataday. I have Pataday from when it was prescription, and I'm th- delighted to know that it's now over the counter because that stuff works, man, for the eyes. Hope that helps. It does. I'm going to try it. Uh, Dan, potential resident allergist. P.S. My wife and I live in Dallas, so it was great seeing Rebecca in San Antonio for the Final Four. And indeed, Rebecca, here you are pictured with, uh, I guess it's it's uh, uh, our resident allergist's wife at the Final Four. Did you realize you took a picture? Do you remember her? She's wearing a Yukon t-shirt.
0: You do realize she's getting her picture with my cardboard cut out.
1: That's a cardboard cutout of you?
0: That's my cardboard cutout. And
1: yet it's, it's, it's so much more lifelike than <laughs> the <laughs> incarnate version. It has the version.
0: personality that you prefer of mine.
1: Uh, it's it's uh, two-dimensional. Thank you, Dan. You have the job as resident allergist, and I'm going to take your advice and, and see how that helps. Uh, Phil, uh, who is still on track to get current with your podcast in late summer, he will be a completionist by fall, Rebecca.
0: Mm, he, I forget what the math, the algebraic I, I formula was. Know. but
1: uh, If you have a superfluous 30, or you could probably listen to them faster than the rest of us, right?
0: True.
1: Rebecca and Steve, I just finished listening to your 100th podcast, and as promised back in March, I have an AAU and Bill Lambere story. Oh, see below. yes. Do you remember? Of course I remember. Okay. But first, in a very early podcast, Rebecca commented that her mom was not very tolerant of people complaining about their aches and pains. And in fact, she was a role model. Even as she dealt with cancer, Rebecca's mom did not complain about her illness and symptoms. My friends and peers are all retired, and upon occasion, we find ourselves comparing notes about our last doctor's visit or what our current ailments are. Our go-to phrase when we realize we have fallen into this rut of misery sharing is, let's stop the organ recital and talk about our kids or the weather. The organ (laughs) recital is uh, such a great phrase. Yes. In 2000, my daughter's 12U AAU team qualified for the national tournament. What year is this? 2000. Okay. Okay. Held that year in Ogden, Utah. The Michigan Monarchs, coached by Bill Lambier, were finishing their game when we arrived for one of our games. I was thrilled to have the opportunity to watch a former NBA player coach and sat in the bleachers immediately behind his team. Bill's team was losing, and late in the second half, his team did not corral a long rebound, and the other team dove for the ball and got possession. Bill stood up, walked halfway down his bench, and yelled, that's what we need to do to compete. I watched his bench players, and they either looked at their shoes or into space none turned to their coach. I thought to myself, that guy knows 10 times more basketball than I do, but I don't think he knows how to talk to eighth grade girls. When I called timeouts or talked to my team, I would always try to say something positive or ask if they were having fun. Then I would remind them them what defense we were playing (laughs) and tell them what play to run against the other team's defense. Of course, you know that Bill has been a WNBA coach for years now and has won WNBA championships. but on that day, I wasn't impressed. So, question for Rebecca: Can you characterize your communication style to eighth-grade girls regards a Phil who is on track to become a completionist?
0: I think sometimes I'm a little from column A. Phil, you're, 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 sometimes, you're, 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 sometimes I'm a little from column B. Bill, it's Phil yes. who wrote that, right?
1: Phil wrote this. Yeah. So so I'm, sometimes I'm
0: a little Phil. Sometimes I'm a little, l- <laughs> I'm a little Bill.
1: You're a little Phil and a little Bill. Yes. <laughs>
0: Sometimes that is true. I try. You try to keep patience. You try to keep patience. I had.
1: I would say you're more Bill than Phil.
0: I, I don't think that's true. But you're you're not in all my huddles. Um,
1: <laughs> I think I think all of us in the gym are in your huddles and some of them.
0: Well, there's nobody in the gym. No, I'm not loud in my huddles. Usually. Oh, that's true. I was loud in my huddle. I had a huddle this weekend with our seventh grade boys team, and um, I'll you're, tell this story. Although no one's going to be interested wait, wait, in you, it. Though
1: you should be, save it for your youth coaching book. A little Phil. <laughs> A little, a little
0: bit. We've been working for two straight weeks on breaking the press because breaking the press is a problem for my, my boys' team. So we put in a new press breaker. We worked on it. We worked on it. We worked on it. So we get to a game this weekend. The other team got this nice lead. The other team starts full court pressing. So we set up in the press break. It works. We get a layup. Next time down, Set up. they press us. We set up in the press break. It works. Different, like part of it works we get a layup third time we get a layup fourth time the boys decide they don't want to do what's been working and they're going to do something else turnover fifth time they don't even bother to set up in the press break I don't know if the right guy took the ball out of bounds they pass it in turnover pass it in turnover all of a sudden our like 10 point lead is down to four or something I called a timeout the boys came over and I said do you guys I said it a little louder than this but do you guys even want me here I mean, why am I here? We've been working on this press break for two weeks. It worked. It's not like you have to trust me that it's going to work. It worked three times in a row, and now you're not even setting it up, and the right person isn't even taking the ball out of bounds. What are you doing?
1: After you said, do you guys even want me here, did you pause and give them time to answer?
0: No, because I think they would have kicked me to the curb. But it was maddening. I mean, I know they're only 12 and 13 years old, but like it – if something works three times, it's 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 fascinating. It's sort of a, an interesting experiment because it'll even happen, um, not against the press. Like uh, the team will come down, they'll run a play, they'll get a layup. They'll come down the next time, they won't even consider running running the same play that got them the layup. It's fascinating to me that if something works, people don't just or not but, people, kids don't just keep doing it until it stops working.
1: The huddle you described was was your little little bill, right? Yeah, because I was but,
0: I was pretty loud, so I was definitely a little bill on that but, one.
1: But then you were Phil in the parking lot, in between all of these games, right? Yeah. What happened there?
0: So I was out of town. You we were out of town. This was a this was an event. It was at a college, and so there couldn't be any spectators there, um, which I was bummed out that my parents, the parents of my kids, couldn't watch. But I didn't mind that the parents of the other kids couldn't be there. It like the the nice thing was the temperature in the gym was exactly where it should have been because there was no outside force raising the temperature in terms of fans being crazy so anyway we had a we had an hour and a half between games we get the kids like something to eat from Dunkin' and we come back and we're just in a parking lot there's nine seventh grade boys, and before long, an impromptu baseball game breaks out. Well, wow. One of the boys had a chunk left of his bagel. Um, I don't know if it had cream cheese on it or not. I don't think so. Was it a bagel? <laughs> you had like a th- two or three inch chunk of bagel slash bagel left. And other kids had flip flops. So before you know it, one of the kids is throwing the bagel to another boy who's crouched down in a catcher stance while another boy is holding his flip-flop as a bat and um
1: you showed me a picture it was was a norman rockwell saturday evening post cover another kid was crouched behind the catcher umpiring yeah
0: it was amazing and um, i'm looking around i'm like why does that kid not have his why does he only have one shoe on he's not up at bat and one of the other coaches said to me matter of factly oh they're using his other shoe as a base (laughs) so you had a couple of kids who only had one shoe on and one shoe off And then I think they were using our tallest kid who has size 14 feet. um, They were using his flip-flop as the bat. And and then this piece of bagel survived. Um, I say they got a good solid three innings of baseball in. Um, And I said to our son later that day, I said, what was the most fun part of the basketball tournament? I said, was it the time in between games? And he said, yes. And it was nice because um, this is – you know, typical. Normally, when you're on a team, you get this time to hang out, but um, our boys haven't had it because of COVID precautions and everything else. So, anyway, it was. I that yes, I was definitely Coach Phil there, but this was after the Coach Bill game. Um, so this'll tell you enough. Like, it's time. There's three coaches, and um, and we're gonna drive to the to the uh, Dunkin' Donuts, and we're like, does any <laughs> all the kids except our son climb into the other two cars until finally one of the kids is like all right he like got in our car so our son wouldn't be alone but, but they, they want to ride with they coach. did not want to ride with with coach bill well
1: you always have to constantly monitor where you are on the phil bill continuum that's true because sometimes you want to be more phil than bill and sometimes more bill than phil
0: mostly you want to be more phil than bill i think um so yes i do have to monitor that my my i do that's for sure. Uh,
1: just but but knowing knowing what the the, the two scales are. You know, right, is it The up. Fill and the we bill, have a fill
0: is, and a bill. Thank you for that, Phil.
1: Tanya writes, uh, with Father's Day approaching, when I saw this Facebook ad I immediately thought of Steve, the eight paws living in your house that he's tolerating. Payback for bad gift-giving perhaps. Also, we haven't heard a puppy update in recent weeks, though admittedly I'm a couple of weeks behind. Hope the fur girls are well. Happy to have the WNBA season back. Tanya from Troy and resident energy efficiency expert. Uh, P.S. I do appreciate that Rebecca likes to remind us, slash me, that you do not use your basement space heater that much. I promise I'm not that judgy. Be warm. There's that word, judge, Rebecca. I recognize it. But anyway, her attachment is a coffee mug. And it says, says, may I? May may you finish? Can I I finish? Can can I finish? finish. Roses are red. Violets are blue. You're my favorite face to lick after I've eaten poo. Happy birthday, (laughs) your dog's (laughs) name here. And then there are uh, uh, paws. I That's mean, about right. I, uh, it, uh, so I could I could get that for the dogs that I love, and then you could fill it with coffee that I don't drink.
0: Yeah, I could, or I could fill it with something you do drink. She or, or as my dad
1: or as my dad said when I visited him, uh, you, you don't drink coffee in the morning, right? That's correct. I've never had coffee, so you just want orange juice. I, I don't have orange juice in the morning either. So uh, you just want a glass of what is it, almond milk that you drink? I said no. I have almond milk on cereal, but I don't I don't drink a glass of almond milk in the morning. So you're just going to have a glass of ice water then? No, he couldn't
0: I'm not. he couldn't understand that you just don't have a glass of anything.
1: Well, correct. Right. I, that's I, what I like he, to pour he's myself had a glass of something for every day. A steaming cup of of nothing. Right. With extra pulp in the morning. Right.
0: Um and Tanya will be happy to know I think the space heater in the entire winter might have gotten used, did you say maybe three times when our, one of our daughters was down here doing class? Our
1: space heater was occasionally used by our space eater.
0: Yes, exactly right. So um, we're, we're, we're being smart with our space heater after we ignored your advice on the energy-efficient one to purchase.
1: Hi, Rebecca and Steve writes, Celeste, as I was listening to the last podcast, I saw the skeleton in the car next to me at work. It seemed to be the one that glows in the dark. And count me in as a perfectionist. Uh, also, any chance with Jen and Sully coming back to Connecticut, the aforementioned Jen Rosati, mm-hmm. once the coach at the University of Hartford, then George Washington, is now the president of the Connecticut Sun?
0: Yes. I, it, was it, I se- it seemed to have
1: caught you by surprise. No, no, I haven't read the question yet. Oh, okay. The 5-0 and 0 Connecticut Sun has re this, correct? That's correct, yeah. Also, any chance with Jen and Sully coming back to Connecticut, you can get them on the pod, and when will Holly be back? Uh, that's from Celeste. Um First yes, of all, right
0: definitely. Here. We'll get Jen and Sully on the pod. And um, act- I was talking to Holly about the podcast when I was out in Seattle. Um, we we need to get her back soon because. And um, and then
1: there's the photograph of of her this glow in the dark skeleton in the car. That's amazing. Didn't you see a skeleton in the car?
0: Yes, it was a point of a full conversation that we had. Remember, at the Starbucks, I saw the skeleton in the
1: car. Oh, that's correct. You think that's is that the same car and the same skeleton? I don't know. No,
0: the, mine mine was I think an SUV. Well, this that's is an a, SUV, possibly but uh, I don't think I don't was, think was, it's the was, same car. was the
1: skeleton riding in the back seat? No, the this skeleton was riding shotgun. Okay. But oh, I, that's I right, shotgun skeleton.
0: I think this sh- I think the skeleton can um probably pretty easily be moved we, from we, seat we, to seat. Do
1: you know why I remember this?
0: And I, what I don't know is why you don't remember <laughs> this. <laughs> it was 2 weeks ago. <laughs>
1: The reason I remember this is because after the phrase shotgun skeleton came up, for the next week, I had Donovan's Sunshine Superman playing in my head.
2: Sunshine came softly through my our window today.
1: Shotgun skeleton, Sunshine Superman. Okay. Okay. All right, but
0: you still didn't remember.
1: No, I didn't. I, I but I, but it made me think of Donovan and and, and Mellow Yellow and, and and the Groovy Summer of Love. Okay, finally, Rebecca, the Notorious DGS.
0: The Notorious DGS. Yes, are we ready for him already? We are.
1: What do you mean already? We're fifty-six minutes into this podcast. Then
0: let let it rip,
1: or or thirty-eight minutes after Denny edits its, edits edits all of this out. Dear Rebecca and Steve uh, writes writes uh, Dr. Gary Siegel, I listened to last week's podcast while completing the desk work associated with paying taxes for 2020, and I observed myself opening envelopes in a karnak-like, fas- karnak-like fashion. God bless you. I.e. tearing open the end and then blowing into the envelope to extract the contents. You don't have to tell me. Thus, my attention may not have been fully focused on the podcast, but a few things have come to mind. Most, of, I, I hope he held the envelope to his forehead before mm-hmm. he tore it open. Most importantly while recently looking on social media I saw friends of the podcast Holly Rowe and Ryan Rucco enjoying beautiful sunshine along the water in Seattle while having a beverage or two with our most famous podcast hostess who looked wonderful by the way I'm glad that we're all heading back towards more normal lives as she was doing that as they were doing that Dr. Siegel I was scooping poop in the yard and and uh, Can one you of our one of our happy f- for me? I was very happy for you and one <laughs> of our friend but the reason I mentioned that as one of our friends said um, something along the lines of that she and her husband had, had during the course of the week, had uh, driven to some town and some pastoral setting in Connecticut and had lunch and, and went to some uh, used bookstore or something. And, and she said, and I quote, the next time you and Rebecca take like a weekday afternoon excursion, you should go there. And I said, Rebecca has had lunch more times in Seattle this week with Ryan and Holly than she and I have had in our 18 years of marriage. Um, so
0: That might be a slight exaggeration. It's not. It's
1: not it isn't. I mean, I'm not, it's not a complaint. It's just a statement of fact. Steve writes, Dr. Siegel, I do suggest that you pa- patronize ESPN and enjoy the upcoming Monaco Grand Prix. I tried to do that, Dr. Siegel. Um, the, the Monaco Grand Prix, my favorite Grand Prix, through the streets of Monte Carlo, was... Sunday. I was in Minneapolis. I was at my dad's condo, and he said he asked me which political roundtable show I watch on Sunday mornings. And I said I don't watch anything. You don't watch Meet the Press or or This Week with George Stephanopoulos. I don't. Well, what do you watch on Sunday morning? I, I don't usually watch TV on Sunday morning, but when I have the TV on Sunday, I'm usually watching Formula One. This week's race is from um, Monaco. He said, oh, on ESPN. Oh, well, he said, I think that's Channel 803. So he punched in the 8 and the 0, but then it expired before it got to the 3. So now we're watching Channel 80, the like uh, detective show. So then he punches in the 8, and uh, and that expires. But he gets the 03, and now we're watching Channel 3. And eventually, eventually, go ahead, Rebecca.
0: I just want to interject. This happens to me. All the time. It happens, it's not yeah, just sure. your dad. No, no, it's the When cable you're putting system. in a three or a four-digit number, especially absolutely. like at a hotel where you're not quite as familiar, and you take forever to get the channel because, as you said, like you press the you looking for 119s. You press the 119 and only the 19 comes up or and whatever absolutely. it is. This is a universal problem for all ages. A
1: universal problem for universal remotes. No that, question. That is right. No question, especially if you're trying to watch the universal network. See what I'm doing with this, Rebecca? I don't think there is such a there is, there thing. There is. Is there? I, you know how I know there's a Universal Network? How do you know that? Owned by NBC Universal, I believe, because it briefly aired repeats of the very short-lived uh, 2,000-something CBS drama Clubhouse, mm-hmm. in which I appeared as myself in in one episode and, and had gotten like a 38-cent royalty check, I think, twice. St- uh You'll undoubtedly recognize, writes Dr. Siegel of the Monaco Grand Prix, the famous tunnel through which the race travels as a view from the car was a regular part of the opening introduction to ABC's Wild World of Sports every Saturday afternoon of my youth. That's why it's so indelible in my mind, Dr. Siegel, because it was the height of European glamour when I was a kid uh, as as brought to me through Wide World of Sports opening credits. In the attached video from 1974, narrated by the familiar voice of the late Jim McKay, Sir Jackie Stewart, a triple world champion from Scotland, you don't have to tell me, approaches the tunnel in his Grand Prix race car while the classic theme ends in its upbeat fashion. Viewers of a certain age will also immediately have a memory and vision of the agony of defeat, recalling that ski jumper Vinko Bogotai, slides off the ski ramp during the opening introduction as well. Steve, your recent bout of sniffles and the discussion of allergies also has hit home. Mrs. Dr. Siegel actually works at the front desk at a nearby allergist's office. Ooh, not a resident allergist. Mm. Uh, And she is a formidable source of information. She combines medical knowledge that experienced parents, especially mothers, have, along with knowledge perhaps gained from our conversations with information gathered at work. If you have allergies, no need for a doctor. Just talk to Mrs. DGS. DGS. This is
0: the first glimpse we've gotten into the Mrs. DGS outside of the home. Like we've seen her kind of as a doting, wonderful grandmother, and you know, as some stories as a mother and a a wife. And a
1: long-suffering wife.
0: Yes, but never as like a professional woman. I'm liking
1: this glimpse into the Mrs. Just just lifting the veil on Mrs. DGS. Lastly, and not to open up a sore topic, but what, if any, are the plans regarding your 16-year-old and a car for her? Just so you'll know, when our son was 16 years old, plus one day, with the driver's license in his wallet, our entire progeny, both children, drove off in his used Honda for the 30-minute ride to their school. Oi. All the best, Gary. And here is the YouTube video, which I'm going to luxuriate in when I when this podcast is over. Uh, that's, a, that's 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 uh, interesting you say because our daughter has her driver's test June 2nd, and I asked my sister, who has four kids, uh, three of them of driving age, what they did car wise, and they have a, a garage that only holds one car, uh, and and they told me they got a, a, a um, an ancient uh, Honda CRV, which there which They're still driving. And in fact, as I was having this conversation, their 16-year-old, who uh, is no longer 16, was driving home from Philadelphia, where she had just graduated from college, Philadelphia to Minneapolis, with one overnight stay in Chicago, though she has twice during COVID driven from Philadelphia to Minneapolis with no overnight stay. That's an 18-hour drive, Rebecca.
0: You know, one of my the, the girlfriend I was talking about before, who has five kids, her oldest um, is in college in North Carolina, and she does the drive no problem as well with no with no stops. I don't know how long that drive is. It's not quite eighteen hours. No problem. Still, no problem just,
1: at all. It's not true because didn't she?
0: Uh, well, no, I'm saying she doesn't have trouble staying yes, staying awake. Yes, yes. No, they, she did have a trouble recently with the car breaking down and the in Bronx. the Bronx and <laughs> and then having to
1: get be towed out of a parking garage. Across Yankee yeah. Stadium, and and it was I'm, I'm less than ideal.
0: No problems in terms of um, fatigue,
1: right? But but I think Dr. Siegel is wondering if we're we if we have a uh, we don't have. If we're a in the market for a uh, a used M class BMW.
0: Yeah, we have. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. We have no plan. It's no plan, but we have something we one. need to yep. talk about at some point.
1: Speaking of no plan, uh, that's the end of the podcast. So, so, don't Tom, we have a traditional sign-off? I forget.
0: Thank you, Denny. Tom, oh, by Dick, the way, Harry. by the way,
1: may I interrupt one last time on this podcast? While I was in Minneapolis. It's not going to be one last time. And, and I was walking around lovely Lake Harriet, walking to Lake Harriet with uh, my friend Mike. We ran into his neighbor, uh, who has sent in viewer mail. And he said, uh, hey, Steve, I listen to the podcast, uh, mostly so I can hear if a, if a new Tom, Dick, and Harry song drops. And uh, so that was nice to hear. Very nice to hear. Thank you, Jeff.
0: That's why most people listen.
1: Well, that's why I listen.
0: So Tom, Dick, and Hari. Please. Play us out.
2: Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back Day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane Six of us and a family pet live in a cuckoo nest Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test And driving us and vigorous While we give for a little rest Stay by day just keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane